Hey, thanks for checking out the Bleach Mouth Postscript. My name is Larry. Uh, this is a podcast where I have a guest on each episode and we talk a lot about music. I ask my guests to come armed with five pieces of music that they love for whatever reason, doesn't matter. Uh, but they can be LPs, EPs, songs, whatever, as long as we're talking about music. Oftentimes we go off script because, you know, we're just talking and that's all it is. It's as simple as that. Um, today's guest is Jason Sparks. Jason is the guitarist of Soul Charge and was a member of the popular Run Devil Run. I met Jason at a show two years ago where they had played with In Cold Blood and Axioma, and now that's class. Anyway, I really enjoyed this conversation. We get into the weeds a bit with some dusty old man talk, but you know, hey, don't get it twisted. It's just talk, it's just opinions, and we were having a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy listening as well. I have not seen my soul charge bandmates have not been in the practice spot. We haven't even seen each other like at the same time since our last show and which will be coming up almost a year, February 29th. It was a leap year show in Dayton. Haven't even like I've seen everybody individually, but practice no same room no like we have our group chat you know on instant messenger and that's about it dave and i we started writing for a new record um and then we got asked to do a little side project so now we're writing for that so that's been fun but yeah other than that i mean why dude like i feel like practice spot rent is just like storage at this point yeah (laughs) It's, it's silly but uh you know don't have anywhere else to put it right now so did you did you start playing guitar when you were still living in Newark? Yeah, actually, I started off playing bass. Oh yeah, yeah, I started playing bass in middle school. Yeah, I want to say seventh or eighth grade. Um, and uh, me and my buddy Chad, he was my best friend growing up. He's my my next door neighbor, and he was maybe like a grade or two below me, but he had an older brother who which is usually like always the case right <laughs> i started i started learning when i was interviewing for no echo it's always like an older sibling like gets people into the cool stuff <laughs> yeah so yeah i had an older brother it was just like oh you like this we'll check this out or you know you guys will listen to the weekend stuff like listen to this you know um so he got us into he got his hip um and that's how i got turned on to metallica um and seeing i don't remember there was so much like it was either the binge and purge box set or the injustice for all video or one of those million Metallica, like live VHS as they were out in the nineties and Jason Newstead's bass solo. Like my, my friend Chad, he was playing drums. So the natural thing is like, Oh, you play guitar and we'll have a band. But as soon as I saw Newstead's solo, dude, it was over that guy. He was an animal. You know, I just He's- loved his presence on stage. <clears throat> He's wildly underrated, I think. He uh, I is. I mean, as a player, he doesn't he never blew me away, but stage presence wise. Right? Like yeah. Cliff, I feel, was like the player and the songwriter.
Newstead, like his energy, and I'll, I'll never forget, like he's got that wall, and he's just like, wah, 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 wah. he's like making all those crazy faces, like that's it, I want to play bass. So like, I got like a, I saved up all my paper out money and bought a really nice Ibanez. I think it was like a SR three hundred, which is like run of the mill starter. But back then, God, I feel I feel like that thing was so expensive, and it was a really nice bass. I regret selling it. Um, but yeah, that was it. Yeah. So like, was it? So it was one of the videos, but um, the record you came to, or at least the record you have on your list here, is uh, "Master of Puppets." Was that yeah, that sure. wasn't the first full LP you heard, was it? No, 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 no. I would say, let's see. I was born in '79, so I I'm definitely a, a black album kid. Okay. Because I grew up in the country. I actually grew up in a small town called Glenford, Ohio, very rural part of. Uh, um licking county right so it was like right outside of you know from newark maybe 20 30 minutes like we had to go into town and go grocery shopping you know what i mean yeah <laughs> and like newark was the town which you've been there right if you don't remember it's like parma yeah <laughs> it's, it's like... <laughs> my mem my memory of newark was really vague and it was um i just i mean it was just like we just got there we played and then that was it i mean i don't have a real sense of newark That's other it, than right. Yeah, just I mean, uh, yeah, we just played the show, and I don't have a real good sense of Newark, except that I remember just walking away from that whole situation, feeling really just annoyed. annoyed? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, like I said I didn't. We weren't able to go to that show, and we were really upset about it because there was a buzz. Um, but that was like a legend. That was like, oh man, we need to get to the Holiday Inn. Yeah, because that's where they're having shows at the time. And uh, I remember we. Um, we got in trouble one time because we were we we were out collecting. Like, do you remember, did you ever have a paper out at all? Um, <laughs> or know anybody? No, I, I had literally a, the most insane thing. I had a friend when I was real young, and he, I would go with him, and he would he would collect, and it was like you're trying to get people to pay you, it's and like, it's almost like, it's like next to impossible. Yeah, right. It's like a gangster, and it's like you're trying to collect debts, and these people are dodging you for like twelve bucks, and it's the most it's the most ludicrous thing when I think about it, but I mean, that's how I bought my first base and my rig and like all of that. So, and it gave so me a good sense of managing money. So, so how, I'm sorry. Like, no, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, we skipped collecting. We rode our bikes all the way from Newark and the holiday. And I think it was actually in Heath, which I don't remember how far, like it was probably a 10 minute drive, but for two preteens, you know, or tweens. Yeah they're supposed to be out collecting to on a Saturday to like just skip out and go to that, go to a show at, <laughs> with a bunch of like <laughs> degenerates, <laughs> punk yeah. rock and metal dudes. Like, yeah, we got in big trouble, but it was totally worth it because that was, that was the gateway. You like seeing my buddy Tony's band two minutes hate cover like sick of it all and slap shot. Like they were an awesome thrash band, but they covered those two songs. And for whatever reason, those two songs stuck out to me. And I remember talking to them after the show, like, what was that? this what was this song they used to cover just look around and the shield off the just look around album and and uh they did say goodbye by Slapshot off of, what was that off of? sudden, sudden death over time time yeah yep it was the first two hardcore records but i'm getting ahead of myself but yeah no that's okay I, I was gonna ask like how long after you were you dove head first into metallica did you actually like start becoming aware of shows and going to them and stuff like before you was, got to the point where you're sneaking instantaneous. away it was almost yeah. instantaneous i want to say within i want to say within a year probably got 
the paper route like seventh, eighth grade. I started playing a bass. Um, that incident happened like over the summer between like, you know, eighth grade and freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember meeting um, my friend Matt in my freshman year of high school and his older brother turned out his older brother actually played in that band two minutes eight. So like, it was like one thing after another. And they you were local. I mean? They were local. To yeah. Them. They were local band. Yeah. Local guys. Yeah. I, I remember actually, it's funny. You, you brought up that band's name and <clears throat> I probably haven't heard I it. I, but I'm, I was aware of them. I, yeah. I don't, I don't they remember. Really he, I don't remember hearing them. Yeah. But I do remember. You probably that. saw their name. Yeah. I did. And because yeah. other than that, the only other band I knew from down there was the band, the guy who booked said show. Uh, there's this band called Downfall. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy Kevin and, played drums on that band, I think. Okay. I Kevin do. Myers. Yep. Um, they were coming up and playing shows in Canton, and their singer Jim was the one who got us uh, set up with that show. And we invited, you know, Bloodlet to come on. We were label mates i guess if that's what you want to call it at the oh, time yeah, we, we well we were both on smorgasbord okay their, cool. their first ep was on smorgasbord our first ep was on smorgasbord and that's how we got hooked up and nice. then the show happened and all that stuff and first show i ever went to was at that holiday in the ballroom there so it was with uh i want to say downfall played Mm-hmm. and this band endurance played a straightish band i remember the, the drummer played barefoot and he had x's sharpied up on the bottom of his feet <laughs> how old how old how old was that Dude, guy i have no idea they these guys i feel like if were they from down there i think so i would have to ask i'd have or to were they from camp i don't i don't know at all i saw them one time and i just remember the x's being and being like what's this you know what's straight edge all about like what's the x is all about learning like all of the what this all the stuff's about like you know x endurance x and x downfall x playing with you know thrash metal band two minutes hate it was like my best buddy at the times like older brothers band right so that's kind of like that was the uh the gateway so yeah i don't the only guys that i ever knew from any of those bands was kevin because mm. he was like kevin was the one that had the bands going all the time before he moved out of town like him and him and Steve Looker, who eventually went to play in Culture and Morning Again, like they were in, they had two bands. Steve was in a band called, eventually became Cutthroat with Kevin Singh, but Kevin sang for a band for, for called Final Summons. That's the band we were in together. Mm. And I joined all of those guys. Kevin, our drummer Adrian, were out of high school. Brian was maybe senior year when I was a freshman. Like, so I just came, like I just started and I knew Matt. So we were always we were hanging out at the practice spaces, always meeting at shows. And I just had a good ear and picked up quick. Was that and, your first band? Yeah. Final Summons. Yeah. It's the first band. And uh, so Kevin, Kevin had just put out um, their first seven inch was a split with Zayo actually that came on out on Steadfast. Mm-hmm. Late out of Cleveland. And uh, we felt like, I mean, you finally, you see your buddy, like, on a seven inch, you know, his picture and everything. You're just like, Oh my gosh, Kevin made it. Like, this is it. So yeah. he was like, I'm moving, I'm moving it at the time. He was splitting his time between Dayton and Newark. He's like, I'm moving to Dayton per- permanently. I'm going to chase this thing. And that was it. And then we ended up getting a new singer and, uh, um, continued to play shows. Never really, I mean, in two or three years, I mean, played a ton of shows and we tried recording a couple times, but never put anything out. It was just like demo after demo that just never felt, 
I don't know what to say. Like the, it never felt worthy of putting out. If that makes yeah. sense. Like we can't do anything with this. You know what I mean? We didn't know anything about mixing or mastering. You know, you're so young, you just record and you're like, ah, oh, this make some copies, right? And hand it out to your friends. We never did anything, but we played a ton of awesome shows. Um, so, uh, so you were, you were going to a lot of shows. Were you going to into Columbus for the shows? Are you coming oh, up yeah. to Cleveland oh, primarily? Yeah. I was skipping. Uh, actually I didn't start coming to Cleveland until the later nineties because Newark had a really awesome eclectic scene. Okay. Um, and we shows graduated from like the holiday and ballroom to this place called the Grotto. And like, we had them at Knights of Columbus and we used to bring bands, like whoever was booking shows. I don't even know really. Couldn't even tell you used to bring bands from Columbus. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we used to go to Columbus. Alarosa Villa was big at the time. Mm-hmm. That's the place Dimebag got shot. We used to play there yep. constantly and go to shows there constantly. Um, and then, uh, on campus, right? Anywhere from the Newport to Legion of Doom. Yeah. You know, it's crazy to think Legion of Doom's still around, right? With different yeah. kids running that house. I love that place. It's insane. I, I played a lot of shows there and I always, always, always had a lot of fun. They did some stuff at Art Force One. And um, oh, was that the warehouse? Yeah, we played yeah. with we played with Crudos there. Awesome. Yeah, I saw his heroes gone there. And uh there was another spot. Um I can't remember what it's called, but I remember when we got there, they had a it, in front of the stage they had arrows with duct tape in a circle, like the for the circle pit direction. Oh really? Like, I don't remember that place. It, it was a joke, but it's like a really yeah. kind of funny. I can't remember the name of the place. Was it like a bar? Scared. Or was it like no, there was it was just a space. There was a bar across the street. Yeah. And there was a um, couple, there was a couple, there was a real eclectic space where I saw Buried Alive with Hot Water Music and uh Death by Stereo, I think. It's a real like mixed bill. But that was cool. I mean, that's what when I moved to Cleveland and like it think the scene was it was so much different. Right. Cause didn't really have there was more segregation, I feel like, in Cleveland. There was in Newark in Columbus, if that makes sense. Cause I was used to like mixed bill shows and, you know, there was like proper skin at like Sharpies, right? Like kids mm-hmm. that were in the ska and stuff. Yeah. Hardcore shows and metal shows. And you know what I mean? Punk. It was, it was like, we all got along. We're all friends. You know, the problems were really like skinheads. I don't remember being in too much of an issue. There was a, was an issue with gang violence. Like if you remember like suicidals mm-hmm. in Columbus, like that was an issue in Newark for a while. Um, but all those guys, you know, grew up and moved away or, you know, I don't know what, I didn't really know any of them personally, but it was never really a problem by the time I was playing shows. So that was, that was the biggest difference you saw between uh, Newark and your move to Cleveland was that Cleveland was more. I, um, I felt, it felt like that. You know what yeah. I, mean? I don't know if that's, you know, looking, I mean, looking back, it was like 20 years ago. Right. It felt, um, it kind of felt like that. Um, but yeah, Cleveland shows saw earth crisis and not together but strife at the old peabody's mm-hmm. first time i ever saw run double run play live was with ray Hatebreed at the old peabody's and that's where foos and i kind of uh, reconnected but yeah again we're getting getting ahead of no that's 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 okay so like but yeah. you know you, you mentioned sick of it all and they seem to feature prominently in your uh sort of progression into all this and yeah, right. uh, that was the gateway yeah so um I know what I know what records I like best. What, what's what's your favorite second of all record? Mm, I had to pick like a, a full length. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go with uh, Scratch the Surface. 
Okay. Even though just look around, that was the gateway to it. It's a hardcore, you know, because like like I said, seeing Newstead made me want to play bass. And then going to shows and seeing Two Minutes Hate play Sick of It All and play Slapshot was like, I want to be in a hardcore band. Yeah. Like, you know, like that that's it. And I just remember going to Tony, like, what's this song? Like, oh yeah, it's sick of it all, it's on this record, and just going and picking it up. And just that was it. Like you open up the cassette, right? And you undo the sleeve and you see all the bands I think, you say all the bands, band the shirts that they're wearing in the pictures, and then mm-hmm. it's 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 all over from there. And when did you see him the first time? Sick of it all. I was actually thinking about this today, uh, because I was listening to a podcast that was talking about them. Um, first time I saw Sick of It All was in the mid '90s at Newport Music Hall with Meshuga and Slayer. Oh wow! So I think that was Built to Last or Called Arms. Tour. I I don't know for sure. But it was the it was my first time, one and only time seeing Meshuga, which was mind blowing. Yeah. And first time seeing Slayer yeah. and Sick of It All all at once, and dude, it was it was amazing. How how did the crowd treat sick of it all and oh, uh, Miss Sugar? Were they nice about it, or again, were they all Slayer goons? <laughs> I, I, no, I wouldn't say they were all Slayer goons at all. Because all I remember is being in the pit, right? Like you you ever go to the Newport? How yeah. you walk in and there's the two. It's kind of like Agora, right? It's like a, a little bit bigger version of the Agora ballroom. Mm-hmm. Being down literally in that pit, surrounded by like all my friends, and we're just screaming justice play justice system like you know how everybody yeah. everybody always does and they finally play it and everyone just going off and just thinking like holy crap i'm seeing sick of all newport and slayers about to play like they're was, in, they're um, interesting because i think they were like one of the first bands to really um i mean there were hardcore bands and metal bands playing shows and touring together in the 80s but sick of it all really was the first band i felt that was straight up strictly hardcore to really capitalize on that right and just like his, it open yeah because yeah. i saw him on the new titans show it was sepultura sacred reich napalm death and sick of it all nice and i was like okay these guys are you know really really going for it you know like it was i mean they were i mean with the exception of sepultura they were the best band on that bill i yeah, mean they right. were i mean I mean, I like Sick of It All better. Well, no, I, I like Sepultura and Sick of All about the same, but as far as performance mm-hmm. that night. Yeah, but energy-wise, you can't mess with Sepultura. I don't know, man. Sepultura on the Arise tour.
because I never, kind of, never got to see Sepultura live. So. Yeah, they kind of, it was a different energy, but it was definitely really high end. Like, you know, sure. now if I were a betting man, I'd say they were taking cues from Sick of It All. Because mm-hmm. by the time they got to Cleveland, they'd probably seen Sick of It All play a bunch of times. They're like, okay, yeah, we, we, we got it. We got to do something, yeah. Yeah. you know, but they were, they were great then. And look, none of the bands were slouches on that bill, mm-hmm. but Sepultura yeah. was like, yeah, they kind of, kind of their gig that night but sick of it all was so great it was yeah. you yeah. know um and, and they still bring it like that dude i mean they're they do they're more they're higher energy than bands that i've seen now with kids that are in their teens and 20s yeah these, those cats those cats are older than me and i'm still i still marvel at that i'm like yeah i don't yeah, I, saw I don't them, know how they're doing it yeah last time i saw them was uh at agora like just a couple years ago and i was just in awe that i mean pete and lou they're just madmen you know, complete madman. But yeah, there was a, yeah, they just broke it open. They capitalized that. It was interesting. I was listening. Do you ever listen to the Where It Went podcast? Yes. Uh, so I hadn't listened to it until they did the, um, the Inside Out No Spiritual Surrender mm-hmm. EP. They were covering that. Um, so I kind of went back after listening to that and was like, oh, sick of it all. They didn't have. I don't think they had anybody from the band on them because it is cool when they talk to people from the bands. But they were talking about how the um, the first EP was put out on Rev, and Rev was going to do um, was it the We Stand Alone EP? Blood, sweat, and no tears. Blood, sweat, and no tears EP, right? LP. But LP, yeah. And yeah. they were gonna um, Rev was gonna do it, but they were in the middle of uh, putting out the Gorilla Biscuits record and told them they had to wait a year. Yeah, and that's how Sick of It All ended up doing it with, in effect. And then, if you know your hardcore history, there's this whole thing, you know, with uh, what's that band, Born Against, trying to call out Sick of It All for going, you know, corporate rock and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, whoever, anyone that listens to that interview thinks Born Against won that argument is insane. Sick yeah. of It All puts it to bed almost instantly. Well, and, like, it, it's, and it's kind of interesting to see how things opened up for them after that because it's not like they tra- changed their sound it's not like they tried to become a metal band after that they've sick of it all is always sick of it all like you you know what you're going to get with it
Regardless of whether you like, you know, the the newer stuff or any album past, you know, just look around or scratch. I think most people our age kind of checked out after Scratch the Surface. I would say I've checked out every album since then. A couple of them have bangers. You know, I have a giant sick of it all dragon tattoo. I have more merch, sick of it all merch than any other band, but I haven't bought an album since Scratch the Surface. I haven't bought an album since uh, We Stand Alone. <sighs> You've heard that, just look around and scratch the surface. Though, yeah, you know what? And, and it's not its not any fault of the band. And there's no hot take behind this, except yeah. except that I'm the guy where like, I'll live with a record for so long and I'll mm-hmm. be so involved the, with that record, maybe a couple of them, yeah. that everything else just seems to fall flat. Mm-hmm. And I know oftentimes it's me. Yeah. It's not the band. Sure. It's almost always me. So, but I'm okay with it. I've made peace with it and mm-hmm. I'll go see them play oh, yeah. on whatever current tour, but I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, yeah, I probably will listen to it once or twice and then just go back to the one I right. love so much. So yeah. that's, that's more of that. There's no real hot tape behind it, except that I'm a lazy music listener sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> no, yeah, no. I like this, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember when they, when that uh, thing with them and born against came out on NYU, a buddy, you, but he sent us a tape. I was writing for Crunchbase Fancy at the time. We, there, a tape came out and sent us a recording of it. And by all accounts, yeah, Born Against just, they sounded stupid. It's not even yeah. that I disagree with, you know, Born Against point necessarily. It's just that the context wasn't proper. It was like the way they framed it was kind of fucking stupid. And yeah, yeah they did. They sounded like idiots on there. Yeah, I guess you know, I mean, yeah. my whole thought is, I don't give a shit what people do. You can sign to a fucking major label if you want. I really, I mean, it's, honestly, don't know any different. You know what I mean? Coming from a, a metal background, like going to like local shows and actually seeing bands play. I mean, I guess, I guess, if you want to say that, that's like, uh, you know, you said something in the that uh, interview with uh, Ashley, right? It was like the second, yeah, third episode, yeah, where like you're not a gatekeeper. I'm not that way either. Like, I hate, like, if anything, I want to be a gateway. I never get tired of turning people on to, like, it's people that love Rage Gets the Machine. Oh, yeah. You ever heard of this? You ever yeah. heard of Inside Out? You know, like, Zach used to be in a hardcore band. And they're like, what? It never, it never ceases to bring me joy seeing their head explode when they see the first, or when they hear Inside Out for the yeah. first time. You know what I mean? When they hear No Spiritual Surrender for the first time. So, and again, like, uh, I, I was never really all, although I kind of went again, you talk, we talk, you talk about it a lot on the podcast, like our people our age, we didn't grow up with the internet. Mm-hmm. There's no like going back into like a whole band's discography or a label's discovery and finding all of this stuff back then. So, you know, uh, if just look around was my first, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you what label that was on, but I know I could go to the local record store and I could pull it off the shelf. Right. Yep. Like, so I didn't know. And then, and then that being sort of like the gateway, it was already, it was all about Revelation Victory Records, which the record store was selling. Yeah. So thank God 
sick of it all signed with in effect thank god that revelation couldn't put that out and in effect did and sick of it all gone on big tours yeah and broke the whole thing open otherwise a stupid hillbilly kid from newark like me probably never would have gotten into hardcore never would have gotten into straight edge you know what i mean and playing like all of that stuff you know what I mean? and, so, and that's that's a good counter argument to my stance on that like you know it really doesn't belong on major labels it really doesn't you know and that's that's you know i i think the sure other it doesn't time, belong on major labels but can't small labels be in like small record stores sure absolutely you know? no i mean like what's i think the only time i've ever held bands to a standard about being on a major label is when their message is opposed to that type of effort sure you know like uh you mentioned rage against machine i'm excessively difficult on rage against machine <laughs> because i'm like yo I you understand. guys you guys are talking all this shit man yet you're on a fucking major label totally understand and that's a band that i i like the first two records mm -hmm. i'm glad that my friend brian when i when I was trying to figure out what hardcore was, like when I asked him, like, well, you know, Rage Gets the Machine, they're like, they, they, you know, is that like hardcore? He's like, well, you know, not really. We, that's like rap rock. I'm like, okay. He's like, well, Zach used to be in Spain Inside Out. I liked them much better. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. What's that sound like? And you know what I mean? And that's, you get the inside rap. I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. But oh, sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. Um, but yeah, and, and but, but no, I feel you. I feel you. For them to sign to be in a major label, I get it. Like they're taking the message, but then it just gets out of hand, you know, with like endorsements and huge, huge venues. At some point, you become like a character of yourself. But, I but think. Think of it all's case. Like I, I felt like they never did that, and they never have. No, and yeah. I don't. I don't. I think that. You know, their sick of it all's message isn't. I guess the word I'm looking for is pro isn't prohibitive of that type of, you know, act of like sure. signing to a major label. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's just absurd to me that, you know, and people are like, well, you know, they're getting their message out to a wider audience. And my argument is like, to that is like, you know, the message is important. I'm like, yeah, but Paul Ryan was one of their biggest fans too. Right. You know, so I'm mm -hmm. like, so the people they're reaching, it's, falling on deaf ears and it wasn't like that there wasn't a template for them to still sell the same amount of records and be wi widely known fugazi did it sure. fugazi did it and even if they just did the one record to take the money and run they could have set something up for themselves to where it became more self-sufficient and more mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. i mean ultimately it doesn't fucking matter it's not right. going to change my day I mean, sure. I kind of don't care, but, yeah. you know, to that argument about the born against thing, it's like, you know, and again, Rage Against Machine is not a hardcore band, but I think that that's what they were sort of framing the sick of it all conversation to be. And it's like, well, no, sick of it all isn't that. They're, they're yeah, not that. Right, it, totally. Yeah, why didn't born know. against call out Zach like back then? You know what yeah. I mean? Like if anybody, <laughs> if we're going to be mad at anybody. <laughs>
about uh no spiritual surrender you have that as your favorite ep on here and since we're kind of since we're kind of circling those sure that record um you first heard that after rage against machine correct yes after rage okay yeah yeah so this was still freshman year of high school Mm -hmm. and kind of like starting to uh, dig into like again without the internet you know who these people are like where is this music come from right and then someone says oh well yeah he used to be in this band i like that much better and then instantly going to threshold and finding that lp you had it on cd and bringing it home and just i, I get goose dude i listen to it all the time like i get goosebumps when you're like when you said tell me about no spiritual surrender like instant goosebumps yeah it's like the to me it's like perfect 15 minutes of hardcore it's perfect you know um, and I never get sick of turning people onto it and I never get sick of listening to it. And I never get sick of playing it. Like finally, when, uh, soul charge, like our, our tape release show, we played no spiritual surrender as a closer and kids went off. They went insane. And it's so that's, and there's generations of people, <laughs> right? Cause the average, so my singer, Elliot, our singer is 35. Mm-hmm. David drummer just turned 45. Okay, so he, kind of in the middle, late thirties, and but then uh, we have kids that are like seventeen, yeah, that know that song, right? <laughs> it it's timeless, and that's my favorite part about hardcore that it, it really is like it's just timeless. There's just certain records that I never get tired of listening to. <laughs>
that record is pretty um it stands on its own regardless of whether or not it's a it's a hardcore record because i don't think there's another ep or lp for that matter that sounds quite like that it's very right very very unique sounding right it's very um, interesting. like people compare vic's the, the guitar player vic if if you people listening if i'm not familiar yeah Victor car from most famously 108 they compare it to you know he was taking influence from bad brains and and burr burn because he was coming up in the new york scene and then moved to california to go to college there when he met those guys and that's true you can hear all of his influences but it's still very much it's its own thing greater or lesser degree yeah but i don't think any i mean actually i was gonna say aside from burn and and bad brains you know uh beyond the band he played bass for it's not a record that sits high on my list but i always i have a great admiration for it and Mm. you know never mind just a song if you just listen to if you're able to listen to acapella track i mean the vocal is just fucking insanely good it's just so good um my wife really liked Rage Against Machine. She's a few years younger than I am. And mm-hmm. in college, that was a thing for her, you mm-hmm. know? So I said, have you heard Inside Out? And I played it for her. She's just like, and she's like, why are you playing this for him? I'm like, listen, she goes, oh, is that Zach? And I'm like, yeah, it is. This is what he was doing beforehand, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a great record. It's much loved, much loved. Um, Do you know what's the, the best-selling uh, seven-inch on Revelation Records? 
that never doesn't run out of print. It doesn't surprise me. Right. Not it's one bit. At all. Doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, yeah, love it. What's your favorite song off that one? You know, I like if you were going to play something, I wanted to say Redemption just to be different, but I don't want to be different. I, Why not? Those Why don't you be different? Come on, man. Because <laughs> because I love stuff that makes my blood boil like in the best way possible. Yeah. And although I mean, people listening, just listen to the whole record. It's 15 minutes. You got the time. Yeah. Right. You could listen to it. And most records, you can listen to it two or three times. <laughs> yeah. The length of it. It's, and it's the best 15 minutes in hardcore, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, but, what, would, what, would be your, what would be your best, your favorite LP in hardcore? Favorite? Oh, God. I don't even know if I have one, Larry. Oh, come on. A favorite LP? I mean, look, I understand that it could change oh. tomorrow, but what comes to your mind right now? Uh, I have no idea what I put on my list so far. What do we have, what do we have on my list? We talked about. You've got Gamora season end for with by Earth Crisis. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't say that's my favorite LP. That's like my favorite Earth Crisis record. And Earth okay. Crisis is your favorite band. It's one of my favorite bands. Yeah, gotcha. Sure. I say okay. Earth Crisis is one of those bands that's like you talk about music being influenced musically, but then also being influenced like I guess ethically. Yeah. personality wise like you know music that's why i love listening to your podcast because you get deep kind of put people on the couch right like well, what is this like where were you when you first heard this and uh-huh. what like it kind of like records especially when we're kids those things we have affinity for kind of shape you know who we are so, so was so was firestorm your first earth crisis listen n- actually no i don't think so uh it was destroy the machines okay and i okay. remember like this band sounds like crowbar and I love it. <laughs> okay. Dude, the discipline. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, that's a crowbar riff. Like this is, and again, this is all happening within like a year. I'm like, this is hardcore. Like this band sounds like crowbar. And then, and then people, and then going off and then going to the, again, going to the record store and just buying all at war, firestorm, destroy the machines. And then just, everything that was on victory records because that's what you did right we became obsessed with labels yeah like i think that's probably still a thing i think it's a very natural thing mm-hmm. for, especially for hardcore and punk kids like because labels tend to put out things that are um um in the same vein yeah right so i'm a total total like you know mid-90s rev and, and victory records kid right so mm-hmm. it's it's always been interesting to me because um you know, people, one of the questions that comes up a lot whenever you're talking with anybody, and uh, especially if you're on a, uh, in a group, a message group or something like that, and <clears throat> you get all kinds of different takes on things. Sometimes the take is, why are we even having this conversation? It's a bunch of old people talking about something that doesn't matter. And then you get the take that's like, well, because we're just talking, it doesn't matter. Right. But <laughs> which is <laughs> how I feel about it. But yeah, we're talking, we're having fun. If you're not having well, fun, you know, people listen. people get so it's funny because a lot of a lot of younger folks get like to try to take older people to task and call them dusty just because you have a conversation about something that that they feel personally slighted by somehow. And what I'm coming to is like there's a, there's always questions like, well, what what is hardcore? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And Earth Crisis is a good 
a good band to talk about with regards to that because I can tell you what I think hardcore is completely, mm-hmm. right? And this is not a quality judgment of Earth Crisis at all. Yeah. Table table that for a second. Okay. I'm just talking objectively. To my taste and to my mind, Earth Crisis is not under any circumstances a hardcore band. <laughs> I knew you were gonna that, say that. <laughs> that that doesn't that doesn't mean they can't be a part of the milieu. That doesn't mean that they can't play with hardcore bands. It doesn't mean any of that. Although there are people, there are assholes out here who would be like, well, fucking hardcore, you know, they'd be bigger assholes about it than I am. I really, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, you know, um, that's just, honestly, I think from what I've read and heard, Earth Crisis would agree with you because they were like, we're just, we're metal kids. Right. right. That we're into being straight edge. <laughs> right. And I, I didn't even know that about them, but to me, yeah. and I've, I've said it in other places, maybe on one of the earlier pods, I don't remember, but to me, hardcore is nothing more than an adjective for punk. Like mm-hmm. to me, it's sure. always hardcore punk, hardcore is just short. Right. Yeah. And I've always said all hardcore bands, you should still be able to hear the punk rock and what they're doing mm. because all hardcore by definition is punk, but not all punk is hardcore. It's just, it's a little bit different. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I mean, yeah, I know what you're um, but that being said, me being an avowed metal kid, look, I'm wearing a fucking Voivod shirt for Christ's sakes. It's my, yeah, f- no, it's one of your favorites. My, yeah. It is my favorite. These guys in Black Sabbath. So I'm not judging yeah, a band's merits based on the fact that they're not hardcore or not. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I feel about it objectively that, that they're not a hardcore band, but I will say two things. One, people are allowed to self-identify however the fuck they want mm-hmm. it. You know why? Because it doesn't fucking matter. Totally. It does right. not matter. It's not going to change my day tomorrow. It's mm-hmm. not going to make negative approach any less of a hardcore band. Sure. You know? Right. Yeah, so you when you, when you talk about earth crisis as a hardcore band, is that, is that how you, do you feel that that the sound of hardcore has shifted so far in that direction that that's pretty much if you're using them as as like the gold standard that's pretty much where hardcore is at as as a zeitgeist now and that anything that sounds like anything from say the early 80s is more just straight up punk rock honestly yeah i think i agree with you i just have to sort of collect my thoughts here because I grew up with those sort of sentiments like, and there's two quotes that come to mind, right? One of my favorites is Lemmy from Motorhead who mm-hmm. said, it's all rock and roll, just a yep. different name. And that, that's the way I feel about it. Right. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. why, why do we fight about it? who cares? Right. Um, but to answer your question, like what is hard, like to me, hardcore has always been about like the spirit. You know what I mean? Not so much the sound. Right. You know what I mean? And me coming into the hardcore scene when, you know, um, straight edge was very prominent in the nineties and, um, politics, whether it was women's rights or animal rights was the spirit of the scene. And I went to shows where there would be like an old school, you know, punk or punk hardcore band playing with like what would now be called metalcore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, I remember seeing going to Dayton and Dayton was always pretty good for that because there'd be younger kids or even older guys that had played in like metalcore bands, but now they wanted to do like the old school hardcore thing. 
or guys that were in a heart old school hardcore band now they're doing the metal you know what i mean because like you're because music i have a my motto is kind of like music over everything right i'm a musician first yeah i was attracted to hardcore for, for the spirit of it the diy spirit and the politics and the activism and the the art you know what i mean it was so much different and even and i'm not even gonna i'm not gonna front and the the clothes you know what i mean i was a heavy kid i was like a 300 pound dude so to come into a scene where it was like cool to wear oversized hoodie and jinkos like i look like i look like a normal guy you know what i mean so it's kind of like i think kids say no you know i found my tribe yeah you know? like you you kind of found where where you fit in with all these other kids that didn't fit in and there's all these cultures within subcultures you know you, you talked about on the podcast before yeah but to me it's always been about the spirit um and you know i know roger merritt has that quote never trust a hardcore kid that's the punk well i could tell you i grew up as that kid and i'm totally trustworthy yeah and i don't right? even know I, I didn't, didn't, is that a real thing that he said i don't know if it's a real i, d- I don't i don't think it is you know i mean <laughs> i honestly don't know but it kind of made me think well i was like well that that's kind of shitty because i was i was that kid like i was a totally a metal kid like i grew up on on metallica and Megadeth and Slayer and Testament.
but I didn't give a shit about drugs. I never gave a shit about drinking. And at some point I got tired of like the Dungeons and Dragons, like bullshit. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like I get, I just got tired of it. So here I go to a show and there's this guy like screaming about, you know, some real shit and kids are jumping off stage on top of each other. And, you know, me and my best friend just rode our bikes, like, which felt like an eternity to like, see that it was totally like just life-changing. Yeah. Right. And to me, that's hardcore. I couldn't tell you, right. Like endurance and downfall were, I couldn't remember. I don't even remember what the hell they sound like back then, but totally two different bands. And then, and two minutes, eight thrash band. Yeah. Right. I would think downfall was kind of maybe like metal. They were, they were very, I remember them pretty well because I remember liking Jim's vocals at the time. Yeah. Um, They were were very stompy and yeah, they were in probably in drop D and a lot of chugging. Right. Cause that was the thing back then. And endurance was more, if it's the endurance I'm thinking of, which is a band from Canton and that drummer, if it's the same band was the drummer in one of my bands actually. Oh yeah. Do you later X up on his feet? Yep. I think I do. <laughs> he was, I, I think, think I bald. do. He was bald and yeah, X up on his feet. Uh, but and they were, they were kind of, they were faster. more, yeah, they were more of on the rev thing. I think like, what I mean by rev, I mean like bold and, uh, okay. So they're side like, by side ish kind yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. They were like, what do they, they call that spirit of 88, like youth crew kind of, right. Yeah. So that was my first hardcore show. It was a youth crew band, a metalcore band and thrash. I'm actually going to text Joe now and ask him if he ever. Please do. Cause that would be like, wouldn't that be like such a small world, right? So well, amazing. here's you know the thing. I mean? Like that's my exposure to that. Yeah. So um, the, the labels and the sub, I, it never really mattered. Um, But yeah, I never was really. So that, that, that Roger Murray or Merritt, however heck you say his name, that quote kind of made me think like, all right, well, I'm this guy, but I was like, you know what? I do like punk rock. I like, you know, I'm not going to, again, don't front. I like the clash. I like the Ramones. Mm-hmm. I never cared for sex, but I never liked the snotty stuff. Yeah. I didn't like the snotty stuff. Um, when I found out about straight edge and became straight edge and got into the roots of it and got into minor threat, minor threat to me sounded like a punk band.
Yeah. And to you me, I mean? to me, that's patent. Uh, that's the ABCs of hardcore. Like to me, like sure, I, it's the, the foundation, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And and like you know, I mean, not just them. Plenty of bands, but I mean, like yeah, absolutely. If somebody were to say, "What does a hardcore band sound like?" I'd I would play you Minor Threat, or sure. Negative Approach, or you know, earlier Black Flag, maybe. You know, or bad mm-hmm. brains, you know, but um, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, and the same thing with bad brains. I bad brains to me was kind of like you know, that band in, in DC, love that record. It seems like a punk record, yeah, and you it's su- but that's but it's supposed to. Like to me, right. I, I need to hear that. Right, but what was and what was the difference though? What's the difference that set as punk bands set them apart from all the other punk bands? Ah, uh, the tempo, and you couldn't always pick out. Is it just the tempo? I'm not talking well, about no, music. No. Well, right, right. It's the spirit, right? It's like the intangible mm. thing that, like, to me, makes it to me in my experience. Yeah. My background of like the punk that I like, punk that I've heard and listened to, like that's the difference. Right, that's the end of part one of my conversation with jason sparks be sure to check out part two it's up now 